Welcome to the teaching ministry of Bill Anzavino, pastor of Christian Assembly Family Church in Ohioville, Pennsylvania. We pray you are challenged in your walk with the Lord through the following teaching. For more information about Christian Assembly Family Church or to subscribe to our free podcasts, please visit us on the web at cafamily.net. Father, as we approach the study of your word, we do so in the mighty name of Jesus. Thanking you for the Holy Ghost to give us ears that hear, hearts that receive, minds that are open. Thank you for utterance to proclaim the truth of your word and demonstration of the spirit and of power. That our faith would stand not in men's wisdom, but in the power of the living God and the resurrected Christ. We'll give you all the praise and honor and glory that you deserve for all things that take place among us in Jesus' matchless name. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen and amen. We've been talking about attitude. And we're going to continue that for a little bit tonight. But first, our text, our primary foundational text, Ephesians 4.23 from the Living Translation of the Bible, tells us that our thoughts and attitudes ought constantly to be changing for the better. Notice the verse. Now your attitudes and thoughts must all be constantly changing for the better. And that includes every single one of us. We can ask ourselves the question, are my thoughts and attitudes changing for the better? They ought to be. They should be. Amen. Then, last Sunday we talked about fixing a bad attitude. Why? Because a good attitude will help us climb high. A bad attitude will bring us down. Attitude determines altitude. And if our attitude is wrong, we can hinder our walk with God. Our attitude can make us or break us, help us or hurt us, or promote success in our lives. And I believe we all want success here tonight. Amen? Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. So fixing our bad attitude, first of all, take ownership of your attitude. We're responsible for our attitude. Not circumstances, not people, not situations. We individually are responsible for our own attitude, and we need to take ownership of our attitude. Secondly, consider uh, the consequences of a bad attitude. And we talked about how Jonah had a bad attitude, and he got himself into the belly of a well, or a great fish, we could say. And then also, we talked about Nebuchadnezzar, how he had a prideful attitude, which brought him down. He lost everything. That was dear to him, his kingdom, his possessions, uh, his position. He lost his mind, his sanity. And for seven years, he's out in the wilderness living like an animal. I'm sure he was protected in that place, but still he was living like an animal. And that's hard even to comprehend. Uh, I don't know how that happened, but it happened. And so, when he repented, and that's our next point. Repent for having a bad attitude. When he repented, God forgave him. And when God forgave him, he restored all things. Isn't that beautiful? He restored everything that he had lost. Why? Because he repented after recognizing that God brings down the low, the, the uh, prideful and exalts the humble. Amen? So God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. Well, do you want God to resist you or give grace to you and lift you up? I'd rather be lifted up. Amen. And then... We're to associate with people that have positive attitudes. Associate with people that have positive attitudes. And if all we do is hang out with those that are negative, their negativity will guarantee you, get on you. It will. Show me who you hang with, and I'll show you what you're like. You can look and see it. 
Because it'll just drip over on you. Evil communications corrupt good manners. And when people are always down and out and negative and they can't and whatever and victims and etc. and etc. Circumstances roll them over. And that's how they are. You keep hanging with them. They're going to be the same way. Peter said he liked being around people of like precious faith. I like people of like precious faith. And we should hang with people of like precious faith. Associate with them because they will lift you up. They will build you up. Praise God. And you might be down one day, but I'll tell you what, call somebody on the phone that you know is going to lift you up. They're not going to patronize you. They're not going to just listen to what you have to say and just say, well, you know, I feel so bad for you. They're going to say, get it together. Look to God. Lift your voice on high. And remember, greater is he that's in you than he that is in the world. And you can do all things through Christ who is the strength of your life. Amen. Circumstances don't dictate to you. You dictate the circumstances. Amen. Praise God. And then next, address the excuses that people have for a bad attitude with the word of God. I'm just so afraid. Afraid all the time. Well, God hasn't given me the spirit of fear, but of power, love, and of a sound mind. I'll address fear with power, love, and of a sound mind. Or fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, I am your God. Yeah, I will strengthen you, help you, uphold you with the right hand of my righteousness. Have you seen God's bicep? You talk about a strong right arm, praise God. Amen. Get a hold of the Word of God. Speak it to yourself. Even give others the liberty to speak it into your life. It will change you from the inside out. Praise God. And then also, we talked about develop an attitude of gratitude. Believers know the joyful sound. We've been saved by the grace of God, delivered by the grace of God, healed by the grace of God, empowered by the grace of God, set free by the grace of Almighty God. His mercy and loving kindness are upon us, even now. Amen? His blessings, His benefits are ours right now. And He wants us to rejoice and be glad in the day that He has made for us to rejoice and be glad in. So this is an attitude of gratitude that we should all have for what great things God has done for us. And sometimes when you hang around with people and they say, well, when God does something for me, that's when I'm going to start shouting and praising. What a sad scenario. He's done so much for us, it's beyond our comprehension. He sent His Son from on high to become a man, robe Himself in flesh, go to a cross, suffer and die, rise from from the dead on the third day. Took our place, did our part on the cross, became our substitute. Well, we've got something to shout about. Saved us, healed us, raised us up, delivered us from the powers of darkness, gave us a new heart, new life, a new destiny, and destination with Him in glory. <clears throat> Amen? Well, we've got something to shout about. As we continue our study, and since this is prayer night, <clears throat> notice this in 1 Timothy 2, verse 1 through 3. I exhort that first of all supplications, prayers, intercessions, giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings and for all that are in authority, that we may lead a quiet, peaceable life in our godliness and honesty, for this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who will have all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. Notice, this is a revelation given to us by Paul, who was taught this by Jesus, that we should all embrace about those that rule over us. It should be an attitude of prayer, an attitude of thanksgiving. And even if we didn't vote for them, and even if we, may, we, we don't agree with them, God has called us to do what? Pray for them and give thanks for them. Isn't that what he's saying here? 
You say, but they might, what if, what if we don't agree? It doesn't matter whether we agree or not. What's important is God wants an inroad into our government, into our nation, into our lives. And so he says it's up to us to have this kind of an attitude. No matter what anybody says, I'm praying. Look in Psalm 75. <clears throat> all right, first of all, number one, point number one. Invite his continual presence to be among them when we pray for them and give thanks. What will happen? His presence will be among them. I don't know about you, but I want God in the White House. I don't want to be led by a man, governed by a man, controlled by a man, or even men or women that are in these positions. I want the hand of God to be there. To touch their hearts and touch their minds and open up their eyes and enable them to govern according to his plan, his purpose, and his will. And you see, when we pray, what do we do? We invite his continual presence to be among them. Look at Psalm 75 now. Look at verses 5 through 8. Or 5 through 7. Do not lift up your horn on high. Do not speak with insolent pride. For not from the east, nor from the west, nor from the desert comes exultation. Or promotion but God is the judge he puts down one and exalts another who is the one that puts down and exalts God is who's the one that promotes God is the one and when the presence of God is there among the people I'm telling you he will be the one to exalt those in positions where he wants them to be in and that's why in our prayer time what do we do you know we, we pray this way father for those that are in that office of authority that rebel against you, we ask that you remove them if they're not going to listen and replace them with those that will honor you and stand for righteousness, godliness, holiness, and truth. That's what we want. Amen? Only God can make a, a nation like America great. Man can't do it. That's an impossibility. But our forefathers came to this land looking for God to be Lord of the United States of America. And you know what? He did a great job to bring us where we're at. And we need him to do the same thing now. Also look at the Romans chapter 13. Begin to verse 1. Every person, every person is to be in subjection to the governing authorities. For there is no authority except from God. And those which exist are established by God. Therefore whosoever... Resist authority has opposed the ordinance, notice this, opposed the ordinance of God. And they who have opposed will receive condemnation or judgment upon themselves. For rulers are not a cause of fear for good behavior, but for evil. Do you want to have no fear of authority? Do what is good and you'll have the praise from the same. Notice the mandate given to all believers. We are to respect those in positions of authority. Amen. Respect them. We're not saying they're right. Respect them though. Hold them in high esteem. Pray for them. Give thanks to God for them. That is our duty and responsibility. And of course, abide by the laws of, of the land. Right? <clears throat> That's what we're supposed to do. That's our responsibility. So what is this? An attitude that we have within ourselves that comes from the word of God that says, get on your knees. Pray for your government. Pray for your leaders and believe that the hand of God will be upon them and upon the government so that we can be governed the way he wants us to be governed. 
And so God can use this nation the way he wants to use it. There's never been a perfect president and there never will be one. Unless his name is Jesus. When the government's on his shoulders, all will be well. Notice number two. What do we do? We tell God we depend on him. Second Chronicles chapter 20. We're telling God. Like, I don't know about you, but isn't your head spinning in like a whirlwind with all this going on in world of politics? Just like a whirlwind. Okay. You can see that man is inept when it comes to turning things around. But you know what? God can. Here we have King Jehoshaphat. Three armies coming against them. Three nations coming against them. Let's put this into a realistic state. Three nations coming against them. He's the leader. He doesn't know what to do. And now behold the children of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir. Whom thou wouldest not let Israel invade. When they came out of the land of Egypt. But they turned from them and destroyed them not. Behold I say how they reward us. To come to cast us out of thy possession. Which thou hast given to us, us to inherit. O our God wilt thou not judge them. For we have no might against this great company. That cometh against us. Neither know we what to do. But our eyes are where? Not on a man. Not on the system. Our eyes are on you. You know we could be. It's distracted like that in a flash. But God says get your eyes on me. Keep your eyes on me. And if you'll look to me. I will do what no man can do. I'll see to it that I turn back the hand of the enemy. And that's exactly what he did. These three armies that I say represent the devil, the world, and the flesh. Were coming against them. But, and they were no match for them. But when he said our eyes were upon you. God gave them a plan. I'll tell you what. You talk about a plan. The plan was. You send out the praisers, and all you have to do is praise me. Oh, hallelujah. Praise me. Praise me in the morning. Praise me at noontime. Praise me when the sun goes down. If you'll praise me, I will bless you. If you praise me, I'll be your strength. If you praise me, I will be your deliverer. If you praise me, I will be your helper. And what happened? The praisers went out. They began to praise God. God's glorious power was in manifestation. And what took place? Deliverance. Confounded the enemy. Confused them all. They killed themselves. And so it's important that we understand that when we give thanks, we pray and give thanks to God, we're getting God involved in our government. We're getting God involved in our politics. We're getting God's power to manifest among us in in our nation. And praise God, He's got a powerful hand that will help us. Number three, it tells God that we trust Him. We tell him that we trust him and him alone. Look at Psalm 20. Psalm 20 says in verse 7, some trust in what? Chariots and some trust in what? Horses. In other words, political powers. In other words, military forces. Men's intellectual powers. It's all represented right there. Chariots and horses. We're trusting what we can do. But he goes on to say, but we, we will remember. What are we going to remember? The name of the Lord our God. They're brought down, they're fallen, but we are arisen and we stand upright. Whether it's your nation, whether it's your personal being, whether it's your family, whatever situation we might be going through, we could employ really all these points right here. We can get God involved. 
Praise God. And it's so important to realize that we want to be involved in what he wants done in our lives, not what we want done. But when we're open to him, he'll give us direction to our spirits, illumination to our minds. He'll enable us to understand what it is that we ought to do. And here he says, if we'll trust him, not chariots, not horses, not military powers, but the name of Jesus and the power of the Holy Ghost. It's not by physical power, intellectual power, military forces. It's not by the militia of this world. It is by the power of that name that we sang about and the power of the Holy Ghost that's in this place right here, right now, tonight. Hallelujah. And when we lift up our voice on high and we declare the goodness and greatness of our God and we start thanking Him for His divine intervention. Thank you for moving in our government. Thank you for pouring out of your spirit upon this nation once again. Touching hearts, changing lives, raising up leaders that will honor you and glorify you. God begins to take over. God begins to work in a powerful way. So we can walk throughout our lifespan here on this earth and just complain and complain. How many of you know that God doesn't like complainers? Complain and complain and complain about what's going on. Or we can praise and thank and pray. And say, Father, no matter what I see, no matter what the news media tells me, I know you're more than enough. And so I'm going to praise you. I'm going to bless you. I'm going to sing until the glory comes down, whether it's on the White House at Harrisburg, no matter where it's at, what state you live in, what the capital is, I am going to praise you. I am going to bless you that your glory floods this place once again. And if we believe in it, praise God, it'll happen. Number four acknowledges he is at work notice in the book of Psalms chapter 37 and verse 5 commit thy way into the Lord what an important step if we eat the bread of sorrows and we're awake all night long because we're troubled by what's happening around us and all that what's he tell us to do commit your way to the Lord commit your way to the Lord be fretful for nothing, be careful for nothing, but say, Father, I'm putting this in your hands. Think about that. Besides, are we big enough? Are we great enough? Are we powerful enough to do it? I am turning it over. I'm casting my care on you because you care for me and about me. And so, Lord, I'm putting it in your hands. Commit thy way to the Lord. Secondly, trust also in him. Once I commit it, I'm trusting that you're at work. You know, I set this whole thing behind me as far as I'm concerned. He's at work in our government. He's at work in our nation. He's at work in this United States of America. Praise God. I'm not going to every single day look at every little thing and make me go this way and that way and up and down and then swirl around and all that. We can say all kinds of things that we want to say. But you know what? The attitude should be of every Christian, every born again, blood washed child of God. I commit it to you, Lord. I commit, no matter who's there, I commit it to you. And I believe you're big enough. I believe you're more than enough. I'm going to be a vessel that's going to make a highway for you to move and manifest your presence, your power, your glory right here in this realm in which we live. And so I'm not going to worry. I'm not going to fret. I'm not going to be anxious. I commit my way to you. I'm trusting that you're at work. And he will bring it to pass. Hallelujah, our part, two-thirds of that's our part. Commit and trust, and he will do his part. He'll bring it to pass. This is the attitude that every child of God should have with regard to praying for our government, praying for those in leadership positions. And again, 
we should not be voicing like so much that's going on around today in our society. We should be voicing that God's bigger than what we see. And he's more than enough to bring success and bring victory into our lives. So, in conclusion, our attitude toward our government and those that are in authority should be based on what God's word says. And what does God's word say? We should pray for them. We should be thankful for them. We should continue to lift them up before the living God. Believing that he will touch their hearts and their minds. We should also realize that the word says that we need to obey the ordinance of the Lord. Which is his decree that he decreed for all of us. And that is to pray for them and hold them up. Honor him. And if we will do our part, he will do his part. He will show himself strong. If he can do it for Jehoshaphat, he can do it for us. If he can do it for others, did he not bring them out of Babylon? Did he not bring them out of Egypt? Did he not bring Egypt down to its foundation through signs and wonders and miracles? See, that's not human strength. That's not military force. That's not any kind of intellectual power of man. That's not politicking. When he brought them out of Egypt and shook them to their foundation, it was by the power of the Spirit of Almighty God that was manifested there. He gave them a chance and said, let my people go, that they may serve me and worship me. And they said, no, we're not doing it. Then one after another, after another, after another, until finally they got so weak in their knees, they said, get out of here, and gave them silver, they gave them gold. There was not one thing among their tribe, and they were all set free. Can God do that? Can He do that today? Man, I don't know about you, but I can run through a troop right now and leap over a wall. By the God that we serve, He's big, He's mighty on the inside of us. What are we facing here tonight? What are we challenged with here tonight? Is there a difficulty that's right before us? Is it from the devil, the word of the flesh? Well, guess what? The devil doesn't listen to politics. Whether it's Fox News or CNN or MSNBC, he doesn't listen to any of that stuff. He's got his own agenda. He's got his own programming. Still kill and destroy, confuse people, and all that. The flesh, does it know what it's doing? It always wants to do something that's wrong. Right? The world. Yeah, listen to the world and see if you're going to get straightened out. You'll get so confused you don't know which way to go, which way to turn. Right? So the devil, the world, and the flesh coming at us all at one time. What are we going to do? My eyes are on you. My, I, I'm going to lift up my eyes to the hills from whence cometh my help. My help comes from above, from the Father of lights who made heaven and earth and all that in them is. Who's more powerful than anything I face in this world. My eyes are on you, Lord. My eyes are on you and you alone. And I am going to sing your praises like those praises that went out. And I'm going to glorify your holy name. You're more than enough, praise God. You're more than enough. We're surrounded by those that I'm sure in realms of darkness, spiritual forces that are trying to blind people's minds to keep them out of the kingdom. And they're all around us targeting human lives to destroy them. Just some of the prayer requests that we heard here tonight to bring destruction into their lives. It's not going to take military power. It's not going to take intellectual powers. It's not going to take any kind of political powers. It's going to take the hand of the living God to drive out the work of the enemy. This is a spiritual warfare that we're in. And that's why we're here tonight fasting and praying and waiting on God. And so praise God. Let's gather together around this altar. Let's lift up that name of Jesus. Let's bind the work of the enemy. Let's release the power of Almighty God. And let's watch God work His mighty works among us. As we come together in love. Hi, Pastor Bill here. I want to thank you for joining us today. 
On behalf of my wife, Krista, and Krista Assembly Church, I want you to know that we're here to serve you and your family. Whether you have young children or kids in elementary school, if you're a teenager or a young adult, we have a passion to provide a safe and comfortable environment where you can grow in God and build a solid foundation of His love for you. And with that foundation, we encourage you to take the gospel of Jesus Christ with you wherever you go. It is our heart at Christian Assembly to be an outreach, to be the hand of God toward Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the world. We want to join as the body of Christ to make one last trumpet call before the final trumpet sound, and through a life of worship, bring in a harvest of people. With whatever gifts God has given you, we want you to be free to share those gifts and talents. Life is most fulfilled when we share God's love with others. And in all that we do, we want to demonstrate the power of the name of Jesus to the world through a ministry of excellence, to God first, and then also to you. So whatever the situation, wherever you are, whatever you're going through, I want you to know that we love you, and God loves you, and has a wonderful plan for your life. And that plan begins by making Jesus the Lord and the Savior of your life. And if you've never made that decision yet, I'd like to invite you to pray a simple prayer with me. And if you will, Jesus will become your Savior and your Lord. Just repeat after me this prayer. Heavenly Father, I come to you just as I am. And I believe with all my heart that Jesus died for my sins and was raised from the dead for me. I open the door of my heart. I call upon the name of the Lord. Lord Jesus, come into my heart. I now accept you and receive you as my personal Savior and Lord. Heavenly Father, I have called on the name of Jesus. I'm now your child. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you prayed that prayer with me, I encourage you to get into a good Bible-based church where you can learn to grow in your Christian faith and experience. God bless.